0: For the morning, we normally get a car to come back. When we close from work, it's very difficult for us to get a car back home. The government came out and said that they will be distributing water for free. Some of the customers started calling us Oh, Charlie, when are they starting the free delivery? Then things. Nurses and midwives across the country are very demotivated. On Tuesday we were here and we, we, we hear people shouting uh, people are chasing them like abaya, abaye people are been running from the street into the houses and people are, uh, are, are injuring themselves so welcome to our culture my name is Niko Tenique. Today we can continue the conversation on the lockdown. We could talk about life inside the lockdown. Righty, the socio-economic pressures that the work we as the president recently announced a one-week extension. As you know, the lockdown is aimed to curb the spread of the Corona, aka COVID-19, aka SARS-2. But we start on a sad note. What we once say go happen, it happened. There's been outrage and agitation at the Ashiman market. As some sellers say the military's explanation that a man in his mid-30s who was shot to death because he tried to disarm a soldier is inaccurate. The eyewitnesses claim that the deceased homeless truck pusher was killed after he was ordered by a soldier to leave the market. On Saturday, April 5th, barely a week into the lockdown. The military officer shot and killed Eriko Fuchu, a track pusher in Ashamai. After the incident, the military issued a press release stating, The Ghana Armed Forces is investigating an incident that occurred in Ashamayi, Accra, on Sunday 5, April 2020. The incident involved an attempt by a civilian to disarm a soldier who was conducting an arrest as part of Operation Codfit Safety. The civilian was being arrested on suspicion of indulging in illegal conduct contrary to the Narcotics Act. Initial reports are that the suspect in resisting arrest attempted to disarm the soldier, leading to a struggle during which the soldier's rifle accidentally went off. This was signed by Colonel Agrikwashi, the Director of Public Relations of the Ghana Armed Forces. But, according to eyewitness Erico Eriko Fuchu who worked around the area, suffered from some mental health issues. The military officer had been duly informed by the eyewitnesses. The eyewitnesses also claimed that the soldier had approached Ufuchu and asked him to go home. Ufuchu then told the soldier that he actually lived outside the area and slept on the verandas. But the soldier was not convinced and started hitting Ufuchu with a stick. Ofuchu then took the stick from the soldier and laid it down. The soldier then, after making a call, came back, cocked his gun, and shot Obfusu in cold blood. However, these accounts, according to Joy FM, have been verified, just like the way the press release also had been verified. He just cracked his gun before I I thought he was going to give a warning shot, Mm. but I was standing here with one of my mother here, Mm. she just put the gun on his throat throat. when the bullets Come, get out of the back of his head. Yeah, he just used tissue. That big bullet inside I said, I'm sorry. Now, what this kind of points to is the weight that is also gi- um, giving, all the responsibility placed on the victims to prove Uh, that they have been injured to prove that they have been assaulted now the investigation needs to be more transparent and media folks need to pay attention to how they are invariably or unwittingly aiding and amplifying the narrative from official sources whilst at the same time creating the skeptical um, um, idea about the accounts of the witnesses who are we to believe we were not there The military issues a statement, eyewitnesses issues a statement, but only one disclaimer is issued to the account of the witness. Now we will have to wait for a full investigation to really find out what happened during this incident. But as we had warned in the episode last week, this tension that was mounting between the military and civilians who were supposed to be protected would eventually lead to either a serious injury or the death of somebody. And unfortunately, Eriko Fuchu is the first casualty. But just a few days ago, a police officer was also shot in the leg by another military officer, Now these incidents point to something that needs to be addressed and we are hoping that moving forward the incidents of abuse and harassment and you know injurious assaults will be investigated more transparently. This idea that all the videos are fake and all the videos are old does not really hold. But we say it's a humanitarian exercise and therefore we want to pray it softly softly. A lot of uh, the No video clips that you saw and we are seeing on the social media, a lot of them are fake. Some are okay, they are real. Maybe the soldier brushing the eyes of a a recalcitrant person with uh, some, some kids. So with the demand, say, Charlie, therefore investigate. Therefore investigate every single incident. Even the old videos where they show, say, military or police, they beat somebody. Therefore investigate everything. They can't tell we what they do plus the the, the officers involved. Can't tell we what sort of compensation packages they will have for the victims of the abuse. The fact, say, somebody commits offense or the fact, say, somebody... Uh, violate some of the restriction rules. Don't mean say you for take advantage and abuse them, right? We for understand say even though we day de- under some kind of restricted movement, we still get some rights and we no go relinquish one our rights to anybody. So the right thing for be done, Charlie. The right thing for be done. But for highlight something about the media coverage too. The media focus on impoverished communities flouting the restrictions or being quote unquote recalcitrant invariably portrays them as the folk devils. <laughs> The folk Devils be a group where we all the displaced one of fears and anxieties of the pandemic on them. These be the people where we they see say then go they go spread the virus. Then just go go out and then make sure, say, the COVID goes spread and we all go day in trouble. But one thing for bear in mind, say, these be the particular communities where the policymakers neglect for a very long time, right, underfunding healthcare, underfunding education and so on, and then to turn around and not provide um, good housing for them, uh, provide good social programs for them, and then turn around and not understand the conditions under which they live, and then you impose these lockdown rules and neglect to think about, how their socioeconomic conditions will impact the way they will have to navigate the lockdown. is sheer hypocrisy and it shows a lack of um, understanding of the socioeconomic dynamics that we should have factored into the lockdown in the first place. Why didn't the, the Kayaye decide to stay in Accra? They were essentially homeless and they had been forgotten. They had to sit on a bus that wasn't even built for transporting passengers. And then they were trying to escape. Accra and head back to um, various parts in the northern region from which they came The headquarters from. numbering about 35 were directed by the municipal chief executive for Ejisu, Beatrice Tewa, deci, to return to Accra in their cargo truck after police at Ejisu in the Shanti region intercepted the two trucks which were transporting the headquarters, popularly known as Kaye, to Walewale Wale in the northeast region. These headquarters were trying to escape the two-week partial lockdown of Accra, Tema, Kumasi, and Kasua, which began on Monday as part of measures to contain the novel coronavirus pandemic because most of them sleep in open spaces here in accra so we need to understand the complexity of the social dynamics in these spaces as such like the lockdown for really taking into account how people they live and therefore the rules no go be the same for every particular community so for example, book home in rules not gonna be the same as going in rules. The particularities of those rules of those communities sorry should have been factored in. And I believe say the tension where they happen between the security personnel and the community members, they come from that lack of understanding of the various socioeconomic dimensions. And this one size fits all rules where it be like they worry that way the lockdown be forced. You say see that thing. So for example, if people they sleep five in a room, see the way Ghana hot. The room go hot. This people will use the, the, the front of my the, the house, the street in front as the, my living room. That'll be where they will get some fresh air and then uh, breathe and things. But then the court will come and tell me they go inside my room. See the way the room hot. So if we understand this social dynamic, right? If we understand them. And what I feel say, they happen beside this. The social inequalities of our society are manifesting in the way the lockdown is working. So it's not surprising that the first death, right? The first casualty, of this tension between civilians, community members, and um, security personnel came from a shaman. It is not surprising at all, right? It is not surprising at all. These people will not be living in gated homes. They will likely be standing outside in front of their small rooms. They may be homeless as well, sleeping in the verandas or in front of shops right and so they are likely to have these encounters more encounters with the security personnel than folks who live in east lagoon behind their walls and they can take a stroll in their big ass gardens and you know breathe fresh air right so i think we need to come to an understanding of is to understand how the social economic inequalities within our society manifest in the way the lockdown is being enforced and who is more likely to be at risk of encountering the wrath of uh, the police or the military right and we need to bear that in mind in the way we think about critiquing covering and engaging in this particular conversation because if we ignore these social economic dimensions of this lockdown we are putting people's lives at risk we are putting people's lives at risk We enter with two of the lockdown, more people study, feel the socioeconomic pinch. Charlie, people study hustle. So, in his six televised address. President Kufuadu announced not only a one-week extension, but a set of social programs to alleviate some of the struggles exacerbated by the lockdown. He announced that the government will take care of electricity bills of lifeline consumers, that is, low-income consumers, for the next three months. government will fully absorb electricity bills for the poorest of the poor, i.e., for all lifeline consumers. That is, free electricity persons who consume zero to 50 kilowatt hours a month for this period. But earlier, President Kufuor had announced a series of programs, socialized food, um, hot meals, um, water bills were going to be covered for the next three months, soft loan schemes were going to be uh, administered to micro, small and medium scale businesses and healthcare workers were promised personal protective equipment um, insurance packages as well, and then increased daily allowances and some tax relief for the next three months. But of course, MPs and teens take people that are suffering, they do campaign. <laughs> They were donating Veronica buckets and things with their faces plastered all over the items they were donating. What shameless PR in the midst of a global pandemic. The Member of Parliament for Shamar, Atu Pamford, plastered buckets, bottles of disinfected with his face. I sure say he gets cry. Go put in face for the money top he donate. Undoubtedly, the state social programs go help a number of people if they be rolled out well. But the images of the food distribution alone, they reveal something about the state of one's social protections. This is chaotic. A, yes, food at people. and the food is being thrown. It's being thrown at the people as a mess up. You can imagine some people will even fall on others and so on and so forth. You see. When you've barely developed a system of social safety nets, don't be surprised at, this, at scenes like this. This happened because you haven't invested in the infrastructure, systems, and practices to administer social safety programs. Something like distributing food would have been streamlined if you operated an effective system of food banks. Charlie, Ghanaians have been starving for some time now, long before Corona hit, but these systems were barely in place. Of course, there will be chaos with this patchwork system of distribution you quickly put together. So the thing we say, government no shadow they invest in social protections. Recall, in 2018, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Extreme Poverty, Philip Alston, said this, quote, spending on social protection is very low by the standards of most comparable African countries, and very little is spent on social assistance. Ghana has made many admirable programs but no discernible plans for funding many of them adequately. To feed herself, we are locked down for some time. And if just imagine, if we eat this, what are we going to eat tomorrow? It's just a few rice. We are just a normal chicken. You can see it. We are locked down. We can't work. We can't do anything. And you want to provide food, and you just provide us this thing. It's wrong. We thought it's a bag of rice so that we can share for the community. Now this thing we can't share for the whole community. And if you eat this thing today. What about tomorrow? So we need more. Thanks for this, but we need more. That's all. Austin, they continue. Every country has people living in extreme poverty, but not every country has record economic growth levels and the capacity to take sustained and effective steps to eliminate much of the extreme poverty among its citizens. Ghana is at the crossroads and must now decide whether to continue existing policies that further enrich the wealthy and do little for the poor, or to make fiscal adjustments that would lift millions out of poverty and bring them into the agricultural economy in ways that would contribute significantly to economic growth. Choosing to eliminate or not to eliminate extreme poverty is a political choice for a country like Ghana. So Charlie, even as at 2018, over 10 years after signing the Abuja Declaration, Ghana has failed to commit 2% of its annual health budget to even research. Ghana signed the Declaration, the Abuja Declaration with their, with their commitment say they will spend 15% of their annual budget on health. But as of 2014, Arekai, they still no meet their target yet. Authorities at Confanochi Teaching Hospital are appealing for public support to upgrade the hospital's intensive care units for COVID-19 management. Chief Executive Dr. Henebao Sudanso says the facility is currently overstretched due to its location as the only facility serving the middle and northern belts. He spoke after receiving a check for 200,000 Ghana CDs and 20 infrared thermometer guns from the Forestry Commission in Kumasi. So the thing this, every day we a shout, the economy, the economy, you see what one I inattention attention to healthcare doers, it brought the whole slash economy slash country to a standstill. Next time, physical then then to deploy austerity measures against healthcare. No go help we. A whole region, Upper East, has no ventilator, but let's pump millions into the banking sector because the economy, the economy. Our healthcare system has probably been in crisis mode at the levels of the banking sector. Caused by, you know, the banking sector, the the crisis. Because by private sector criminality, but it was only human beings that were dying in the healthcare system. Abi, needless, preventable deaths, plenty to count. Now these neoliberal technocrats have been feeding us poison for years. Hopefully, we see how wrong they were. As folks have said, they recognize the cost of everything, but the value of nothing. They recognize the cost of everything. But the of man.